Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Elemental Evan podcast. This is your host, Evan Roberts. And on this show, I break down health topics from a holistic and simplified perspective so you can walk away from these episodes with some very actionable steps that you can apply to your life right after hearing this episode. And on this episode, I'm joined by a really good friend of mine. His name is Dom. He is the Director of Community Experiences over at Plunge, which if you're unfamiliar with Plunge, it is a contrast therapy company. They make some really sleek looking uh, ice baths as well as saunas. And really excited to obviously talk with Dom about his work over at Plunge and kind of all of the work that they're doing and kind of new innovations that are coming out. But beyond that, uh, Dom is a very well-experienced coach when it comes to guiding people through contrast therapy, so ice baths, breath work. uh, And in my opinion, he also has a really great mindset and tools for developing a strong mindset. The reason I say that is because in 2023, Dom went under uh, open-heart surgery and just the whole preparation uh, mentally and physically to go into a surgery like that takes a lot out of a person and you know it can be very taxing there's a lot of fear a lot of anxiety around it which uh, you know of course is to be expected but nonetheless Dom shares his experience and kind of some of the mental work that he was doing physical work that he was doing to prep for not only going into surgery But then the aftermath of the surgery, right, the recuperation period of getting through the surgery and really talking about how he was able to, in a very short amount of time, get back to where he was pre uh, going into the surgery, which is super cool. Uh, It's really awesome to hear his whole idea and mindset around kind of prepping for this surgery and this big event in his life. And personally, I feel like I gained some really beneficial tools just from our conversation in terms of applying, you know, them to difficult experiences in my life, things that I might have fear around or resistance or, you know, any anxiety. And really just once again, coming back to that Marcus Aurelius quote of making the obstacle the way, right? That which stands in the way becomes the way. And so really That was one of my favorite segments of the show, and I think you're going to find a lot of benefit in that portion as well. But aside from just talking about mindset, which is one of my favorite topics, uh, but we also talk a bit about uh, health trackers such as the Whoop and the Aura Ring. Uh, Dom uses a Whoop currently and seems to really enjoy it, and I have used the Aura Ring in the past, and so we're able to speak a little bit on those and kind of give our input on what we enjoy or what we don't enjoy about both of these trackers. Overall, uh, these trackers are very beneficial. And um, definitely, if you're thinking about it, go ahead and check them out and look into them a bit. But we give a little bit of a breakdown on those. And then we also talk a lot, obviously, about cold plunging and sauna sessions. So contrast therapy, which I know I've spoken about on the show before, but it's really cool to speak with Dom about these uh, these tools that we can use and how beneficial they are. One thing that we were not able to speak about or I had forgotten to speak about regarding saunas was actually utilizing some chlorophyll before going into a sauna. So if you can remember, if because a lot of times I always forget this, but if you can remember before you hop into a sauna, a few hours before getting into the sauna, if you can take some chlorophyll 
It is very beneficial because you're obviously detoxing when you're in the sauna. You're sweating a lot of toxins out. And when you take chlorophyll, it can help to cleanse the blood. It can bind to uh, help remove heavy metals from your blood as well. And for me personally, I mean, there's a few different ways to do this, but I like to take the chlorella from Energy Bits because you just get a lot of different kind of nutrients and vitamins and different benefits from the chlorella, which is going to have a ton of chlorophyll in it as well. But of course, you can also just go the traditional route of taking some liquid chlorophyll, still going to be extremely beneficial. I know there's a company called Higher Dose that also does what's called detox drops, uh, specifically meant for hopping in the sauna. Whatever your choice is, it doesn't matter to me. It's just a good idea to take some chlorophyll before hopping into a sauna to kind of make sure you're getting the most out of that sauna session. And once again, like I said, I love to take chlorella. I just find that it has more benefit because there's more going on with chlorella. It's a microalgae. And so if you want to get some of that chlorella, go ahead and check out the show notes. There is a discount code in there for 20% off. That's just for being a listener. And aside from the sauna sessions and the cold plunge, which have a ton of benefit in my opinion, and I think after listening to this, if you haven't already done a ice bath and a sauna session contrast therapy, uh, I think you'll be very inclined to do so. And last but not least, of course, we talk a bit about uh, what health practices Dom has currently going on, what he's doing to stay healthy and active. And of course, it's a health and wellness show. So we had to uh, dig in on that a little bit, which uh, Dom also shared that he started taking colostrum. I was able to convince him to finally start trying some, uh, which of course is the Tri-Armra brand. Uh, absolutely love their colostrum. It's really, really great for the immune health. And that is personally the main reason I take it is purely for my immune health. I feel that it's boosted it massively. And uh, Dom seems to feel the same about that. Um, that as well is going to be linked in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and look in the show notes and you'll have the link right there. And other than that, I'm pretty sure uh, there's a few other topics I missed, but those are going to be the main topics we're going to dive into. So after today's episode, you're going to have some tools to apply to your mindset in overcoming difficult or scary situations. You're going to hear a lot about cold plunging and uh, saunas. So the contrast therapy and a little bit about these health and wellness trackers, the Aura Ring and the Whoop, and of course, all the in-between stuff, hopefully a couple of laughs as well. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did, because Dom is a genuinely great guy, and I just absolutely love having the opportunity to chat with him anytime I get the opportunity to do so, and it's really cool for me to be able to bring him onto the show and introduce him to all of you. If you aren't already following him or you don't know who he is, go ahead and check him out. He'll also I'll have all of his uh, social media in the show notes so you can go ahead and find him there and enjoy the episode, y'all. I really appreciate you all being here. This is the very first episode of the new year, 2024. So super happy to be joined by Dom on this episode and yeah, to just share all of this information with all of you. So anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode. Have a great one and let's get to it. Peace. interesting i have been using the whoop to track um like all of my health data you know is wearable tracker and it's wild as soon as i get to montana like typically if i fly anywhere if i were to fly from let's say los angeles to new york or miami or any city it 
usually I have a pretty noticeable jet lag, a, a pretty noticeable um, like lack of recovery for a day or two. It takes me time to adjust just from a two or three hour flight. Mm-hmm. Always does that to me. Um, but when I go home, my recovery improves and my HRV goes up. And it, it's interesting because I've been I've been paying pretty close attention to this, but it seems to me like going home, your body knows like, oh, I can rest here. And so it's really yeah. nice to come back and like actually see data on that and be like, Ooh, I'm doing good. So it's been nice here at home, hanging out, getting green scores and <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Also, well, uh, what's, what's your, what is your like sleeping score and all that, like out here in LA? You know, it's really hit or miss. Um, my, I was, you know, it's, it's really interesting how random it is. I, I have a pretty consistent schedule. And what I've noticed is when I do long runs or when I do strenuous run, running is, is like the most strenuous thing that I do. And when I run the next day, my HRV tanks. And then um, the second day it comes right back. And if I do a, like what I would call a gentle contrast, I think what like most people would call like a normal contrast session is a gentle contrast session for me. Yeah. Um, but like what I mean by gentle is like you do a couple rounds of sauna for like, you know, 10, 12 minutes, somewhere in there, a couple minutes in the cold plunge and, and then call it a night. I have great recovery. Um, but I like to do these really ridiculous sessions where I'll like do contrast for like seven or eight rounds and, you know, like go as long as I possibly can in there. Like try to make it like 14 minutes and it's 200 plus degrees and it's just brutal. And that will also sort of tank my HRV, (laughs) but (laughs) I get great sleep. So it's always like a lagging, like two days, whatever the intervention is that I do, it seems that it takes two days for me to actually, for the benefit to actually show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I've, I've, I've tried a lot of things lately. Like I'm kind of a nerd. I've got every single outlet that has a light on it in my place mm-hmm. has black tape over it. I unplug the Wi-Fi at night. Um, I mean, every, I unplug almost everything except for the outlet that charges my phone and my refrigerator. Everything yeah. else gets unplugged. Um, so there's like no signals coming in. And I, and I also, there's no data that I have on this, but I also think that when I leave, like when I forget to unplug something, I'm like, oh man, that's what it was, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the mind, uh, I I wonder how much of a role that plays that kind of like, you know, get, get into your head about like, if you're not doing enough and yeah, I because I, I had an aura ring for a while and uh, it was the same deal. It was almost like I, sometimes I would get a little bit too, into the weeds of like the data and then it's like oh man like i would start thinking too much about it and like almost like stressing it a little bit you know and then i, I was like all right Evan, you need to just like chill out and just go to sleep like you'll, you'll be fine you know and and just totally. avoid the like major things you know like don't eat too close to bed try yeah. to sleep in like a cooler environment like all that um have you tried aura ring i haven't tried the aura. I, I would like to um i think you know it's interesting with all of these trackers like they all I think they often have the same problem with their customer and it's that there's the two types of people. There's people that want the data and they want to know so they can make the improvements and they can kind of self-coach um, at least enough that they can they can see that data and then interpret it using the, the wearables platform or whatever they find online. Um, and then there's the people that are like, whoa, this is stressing me out. And <laughs> what's funny is 
they all have a trial period of like 30 days, which is really just enough to get like just that's just enough time to understand what's not working. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily enough time to figure out what is going to like work for you. And so people will cancel their trial while they're still in the like, I don't know if this is like, this is stressing me out. Like, but you're really just figuring out like what's working and like, you're just figuring out the pattern of like, okay, I'm consistently not getting enough sleep because I'm eating too late. Eating too late was like the biggest one for me. And it still is like, I just, I'm kind of a nocturnal person and I'm consistently trying to go to bed earlier and eat earlier so that I, you know, can do all of those things. But I, my, my habit is to eat late, be up late, sleep in late. Like I'm a bear is my chronotype. So like, I just, I want to, you know, sleep all morning basically. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny, isn't it? That like the 30 day trial is just enough time to know like what's not working. And then that's like, I feel like people dip out because they're stressed, but like you're right at the edge of where you can start to like tweak it and actually get the benefit. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of like anything that can truly track your sleep because I know like iPhone and um, like Fitbit and stuff like they have tools for that, but I feel like they're not as accurate. I've, I've seen a lot of people say like some of their statistics on it and it just doesn't really line up. Whereas I feel like the aura ring and stuff I hear from the whoop is like, it's pretty, pretty freaking accurate. And the only thing I didn't like about aura ring was the fact that <laughs> it's on your hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So like at the right. time I was, I was doing air conditioning at the time, which is like very obviously manual labor. And, yeah. uh, I would be lifting super heavy things. And like, sometimes like even my fingers would get pinched in something. And it's like, the ring was kind of nice because it would stop it from fully like clamping down on my hand. But I'm pretty sure I put like little micro fractures in the ring yeah. because over time it started not, um, it started to not hold a charge over time, <laughs> which I'm guessing is probably a mixture of like, me putting stress fractures on it and then like dipping it in water or something. So um, that was my only thing I didn't really like. Whereas with the whoop, it's on your wrist. It's like a watch, you know, which is much more. Yeah, I I think it's just kind of like a better placement for it. But um, other than that, love the O-ring. I I feel like everything that it was doing was very beneficial. And like you said, even even the times where I was like stressing out because I would like get so into the weeds of it, um, I still found that beneficial because it's like you're really trying to find that perfect window of like what's working for you and having that knowledge is is super beneficial and and yeah about like i i mean people have a difficult time with not eating late at night which can take more than 30 days to really break that habit which it might even take more time than that you know what i mean so for me it's taking more time than that i mean it's it's still it still probably happens at least once a week and i know like i know it's i'm like this is gonna this is gonna tank and then i'll wake up the next morning i have like 54% 54% recovery. I'm like, well, you know, that's why. Like, I know. And, yeah. But I like that it's consistently showing me like, hey, as long as you continue to do these, behave this way or do these things, you're going to have these outputs that you don't like. Like, that's how it's going to work. You know, like, it's a good reinforcement for me. Of like, okay, eventually I get to the point where I go, okay, I don't want to wake up in the, you know, in the yellow or the orange. I want to, I want to feel good. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it's extremely beneficial. I think um it's with anything like what do you say test not guess, you know, it's yeah, it's it's really the one way of of truly knowing what works, but I would I was also I was thinking back to what you said with your like going home and then sleeping well and like knowing that you're you're home and I wonder if like cuz is, is that your family home right there? Like is that like what you the house you grew up in? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean been here for 15 they've been here for 15 years. Okay, cool. Cuz I, I was wondering I'm like I wonder if 
it's just wherever your family is that feels like home, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like not necessarily your childhood home, but rather like wherever your parents are based out of and just like going back to their house. Like if you just sleep better, just, just knowing you're like in good company, you know what I mean? I bet that is the case. Um, I bet if you could test it over time that you would find that. I have a really interesting story. So when I first started wearing um, the Whoop, I like, you know, the first week is basically just getting a baseline established. And then the second week, um, I was having kind of a, a rough, or I had, a, I think I had a decent week is what happened. I had a decent week. And then the third week, I had a rough week. So I was like, I've been doing really well. And then I was like, in the yellow, wasn't recovering well working a ton was traveling and i went um I, I had a full week and i on a friday night i had been invited to um still life this meditation studio in venice i've been doing their their coaching program and it was like their kind of like a graduation ceremony for having completed the six-month program and it was everyone that was in the program getting together and having a dinner together and this was on a friday I had had yellow recovery scores all week and I had slept very little the night before. And it was a ridiculous, like, it was like a 10 hour day that I had got up and just worked straight through hardly a, like just no time. And I almost canceled. I almost didn't go. And I was like, I really want to see everybody. I really want to say thank you to the people that put the program together. So I go in that evening, we have the dinner and the next morning I woke up and I was in the green. My HRV was the highest it had been in, a week. And the only thing that was different the whole week was that I had spent three hours that evening with people that were like-minded, that had just done the same program as me, that were what you might say like energetically matched. That was the only thing that was different. Like I, I still ate kind of late. I still like didn't nourish myself properly throughout the day. I had a crazy stressful day. And I was like, whoa, that was the first time where I was like, wow, there's a huge impact on community and your autonomic nervous system and connection. So how, how your nervous system is responding to connection and to feeling like you belong, there's like a massive impact here that I think we're, we don't even really understand the implication of. Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I think you just absolutely activated your parasympathetic nervous system being around that group of people. And yeah, just feeling like you're in a comfortable setting, you know, and able to like really just like let it go and relax. It could be a hard thing to do, especially at nighttime. I, th I think like that's a time where people think a lot. And I think um, like you mentioned, doing the sauna at night, that's a great opportunity to first off, just clear your head. Like it's a meditative experience in many ways. But also, what was it like? I know Huberman was talking about um, like temperature and cortisol or melatonin release is like directly related. So that's why when you have the decrease in what was it, like one degree body temperature, that's what like starts to activate the release of melatonin or something. So yeah. I, I know that using a hot sauna as well is like supposed to be really good for going to bed because then your temperature, like your core body temperature will drop. But yeah, super, super interesting stuff. Um, yeah. And wow. yeah, I, I think we definitely need to test that uh, sleep and community and like parasympathetic relation. Like I think there's a lot there. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super interested in that. And I think that um, it just seems like the sort of the trend going into 2024. I think 2024 is the year of the sauna. Um, nice. Everyone, everyone's going to be doing more sauna in 2024 than they have in the previous probably ever. But uh, at least people are our generation, that, that's the same. Um, I think 2024 is the year of the sauna. 
And I think also we're going to see that the, like the trend of social wellness is sticking. Like people are, um, it's not just a novelty thing. We're like, oh, I do this workout and I do a cold plunge with my friend. It's going to become like the sticking point where people, this is like what we do. Like it's our tradition. Uh, it's as much a tradition to go sauna and plunge or, you know, do a workout and then plunge with your friends as it is to watch football on Sunday afternoon. I think it's going to like really stick this year. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, you, you see it at all of the gyms all around the place. Like now, like cold plunges are becoming a very common thing. Whereas sauna used to be a pretty stand, like for the most part, standard uh, item, but now you're seeing the cold plunges getting in there as well. So it's kind of becoming just this like added piece of health and wellness where people are are making it more of like not just a one-time experience but rather like a habit and a practice which is is super cool and and crazy beneficial i i like one one of the things i love is a buddy of mine did uh he's probably actually i think he's almost at day 365 but he's doing you know a full year of of cold plunges and uh one thing he said he was like ego plays like no role in this because he's like because there's times where I'll go and I'm like, yeah, I got this, dude. I'm on day 300 of cold plunge. Like, this yeah. is easy, like not an issue. You know, he's like, and then you hop in there and immediately like the cold is just like, you're nobody, dude. <laughs> you're like, I'm I'm going to be cold regardless of how strong you are, of how many times you do this. Like, it's going to hurt and suck every single time you get in here. And so it's just one of those things where it's like super humbling, right? And like yeah. of, of all the ex- like health benefits that it poses, I think one of the, best things is just like it's it's going to kick your ass every single time and like it's going to make you very humble you know <laughs> and like i love that you know because you get start to get strong lifting weights and then you look cool like lifting super heavy stuff but like with a cold totally. line it does, doesn't matter <laughs> i always say it's a great equalizer uh because you know like the person the person that is the loudest in the room and the most confident is typically going to have <laughs> the uh the sort of the worst reaction to it and then the person who's like who's kind of doubts themselves and it's like oh, typically they'll like tap in and you're like yeah. whoa where did that come from you know it's always like it's funny too it, it's oftentimes like the yoga girlies that you know you'll see some someone that like doesn't look like they have the body type that would be able to handle the cold and then they just drop in and you're like whoa that's incredible you know and they're just like able to mind over matter the whole thing and connect to the breath and then you have someone who's who looks macho and looks like they're going to be able to crush it. And then they're, they're having a, you know, total panic attack. Yeah. So it's so classic. That's how it goes. Yeah. Hey, Dom, where, when did you start doing cold plunges? Like what, what got you into it? Yeah. So my, my experience with cold exposure is kind of interesting. I actually got really interested in it in 2019. Um, I, 2018, I've been following this guru, uh, in Los Angeles, his name was Certified Health Nut on Instagram. Troy Casey is his real name. And he would he was doing all kinds of education on Wim Hof method. And he was doing these um, height baths in his backyard and doing a lot of men's coaching. I was super interested in, in what he was up to and just his holistic approach to health and wellness. He wrote a book called Ripped at 50. And you know, at the time he's 50 years old, he looks phenomenal. Um, and I was following him and I, he was like a little quirky and kind of comedic and goofy. And I was like, is he serious? Like, is this, is this a gimmick? And in January of 2019, I was in a motorcycle wreck and I was going through a, a sort of a breakup with, in my relationship and um, it was a rough spot. And I broke my hand in the motorcycle wreck 
my relationship was a mess. My life was just kind of chaotic. And I was like, man, I really need like some help. I need to like, I felt emotionally just completely blown out and afraid. And I was like, I need help. So I, I called this guy up and I was like, Hey, I want to work with you. And, um, I went and did this coaching session with him and we spent hours with him and we covered everything from nutrition to sleep to what he calls the four doctors. Um, and it kind of went through like his whole method of like um, holistic wellness. And the last piece was like, I was like, I really want to get into cold exposure. And he's like, would you know how to breathe? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And so he's like, well, let's, let's do some breath work. So we sit down and it was my first time ever doing breath work. And he's got me doing breath of fire. And I remember getting lightheaded, like, you know, maybe 30 breaths in. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a lot. You know, that's, that's a lot. And I was kind of embarrassed, like, this is crazy. And he's like, no, you got to keep breathing. And I'm breathing intensely, breathing, 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 you know, like this, right? And yep. I remember, like, I snotted a little bit. And he, like, grabbed a paper towel, like, wiped my nose, and like, wouldn't let me stop breathing. And then when I finally stopped, I was like, whoa. I mean, I felt like I was high. I was like, this is out of control. And it was the container that he had created and the space he had created was very powerful. And I felt very, like, yeah, comfortable to do what I was doing. I was uncomfortable internally with the experience, but he created a, a really awesome environment for me to do this. And I was like, man, that, whatever that was, that was wild. And he's like, so you're going to do that every morning. You're going to do some, you know, basic Qigong movements that you showed me. Um, and you do cold showers. And so I started doing these cold showers. And mind you, this motorcycle wreck I'd been in, I, my whole back was scabbed up. Like I had a pretty bad road rash. And so I'm doing, like, doing cold showers in the morning and like just, you know, it was so rough. And very quickly, within a few days, it went from being brutal, you know, just total dread in the morning to like, wow, I feel really good. Like, I feel like I can take on the world when I do this. Um, and so I, I spent that whole year, 2019, touring with a country music artist and um, doing marketing on his tour. And I would do these cold showers in the morning sort of as like a hangover cure. So I was like biohacking my way through like this whiskey heavy, you know, country music tour. And like Friday night, Saturday night, you're out doing the whole thing. And then, you know, you're taking cold showers in the morning and being like, I'm still alive. I still got it, you know? Um, and that was kind of the, that was the kind of my entry to it. And I, I, uh, I really, found it to be transformative and helpful to me in my mindset. I felt really good. And so I was using them cold showers consistently and I was doing them for, for weeks at a time um, without any break. And it was just kind of a biohack and it wasn't much more than that, but I think it planted the seed of like what would happen next. And that was, you know, the pandemic happening, the pandemic happening. I sobered up. I, I quit drinking alcohol in any form and um, dedicated myself to cold showers every day. And I was using that as a tool because I knew I, I was already struggling with depression, but I knew that this was going to be a good thing for me just to have the discipline of doing the hard thing. And as I was getting sober and as I was drying out, um, a lot of things started showing up for me that I had never addressed, like things that just I never was even conscious of, like, hey, this is something that, you know, you need to heal. That was That was underlying in my life. And... The cold seemed to be a way for me to like just navigate those feelings. And it was like giving me a reset. So instead of feeling like, you know, stressed or anxious, I was like, wow, I actually feel really good if I do this in the morning. So that's how I got started. 
Um, and then it, you know, led to where I'm at now, where uh, it's been a very transformative thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really like an interesting process there with, with the ice and, and cold plunges and all that. And I know Wim Hof has, has a, a story as well behind his whole experience with using the cold as a teacher. But I really do think that one of the, the most beneficial things about like a cold plunge as well is that if you're going through like a difficult time, a depressive time, whatever it might be, is like you're kind of stuck in this, uh, this mentality, this like physical feeling where like you just don't feel good, you know, and, and it's hard to shake that feeling. It's hard to like change your mindset and elevate your your vibrate your your vibration and frequency and all that to like a higher form. Um, and I think what's cool about the cold plunge is like if you do a cold plunge for 90 seconds, three minutes, whatever it is, you're gonna come out of that and you're gonna be radically changed because you radically changed your physical environment. And yeah. that, you know, shifts the dopamine and the neuroepinephrine levels to a point where you're gonna feel amazing, right? And so it's gonna kind of like get you into this state where you can start feeling better and thinking better. And I think that that kind of sets like a, a cascade for you to then start doing that internal work and feeling better about yourself and, and looking at yourself and, and the issues you're going through in a better light, not one that's going to like bring you down more, but rather you'll be able to look at it and see like, where are you going wrong and what, what do you need to fix and what do you need to do better? Um, and I think that's so important. And, and, you know, physical movement is a way of doing that as well. Just anything that gets you and your body moving and feeling better to break up that cycle. Because if you sit in that depressive state, it's just going to eat you alive, you know, and you're going to continue to wallow in it and it's going to continue to take you down and down and down. And, uh, you know, especially if you're surrounded with people that aren't helping to uplift you and, and do things for you. So I, I feel like the cold plunge, I mean, it's great for many things, but really it is such a, it's an internal practice as well. You have to, you have to still the mind. It's going to make you feel great afterwards. It's, it's doing a, a good chunk of the work, you know, and then, um, you know, of course, then you, you do, you have to, you have to get real with yourself afterwards and still think about, you know, what you're going through. But I, I just, I like the fact that it really pulls you out of that state, like physically. And uh, if any, for anyone that's done a cold plunge, like, you know, the high you feel for like two to four hours afterwards is it's incredible. So, um, yeah, I can only imagine that that was a, a huge benefit for you. Yeah, it definitely was. And I, I like what you're saying too, you know, like there's exercise, exercise for sure. It creates a state change. Cold plunging creates a state change. I think that's the most important thing when you're, when you're in a, you know, being depressed is just a state. You're just in a depressed state, right? Being anxious is a state. You're like you are not anxiety. You are not depression. Like that's not who you are. Um, it's something you're experiencing at the state that you're in. And um, the, the same as, uh, you know, feeling powerful is a, is a state. And it's up to you to cultivate that, that state for yourself and to be in that, in that energetic state and in that energetic position. And when you do things that um, limit it or, or basically, you know, um, take away your ability to enable yourself to do those things, then you're going to feel powerless. You're going to feel like, put yourself in a situation where you're powerless a lot, you're going to feel powerless. If you put yourself in a situation where you feel powerful, you're like, wow, I actually feel really good. Like I, I'm proud of myself for overcoming that challenging thing. And that's the merit behind exercise and plunge and even doing sauna to the point of urgency, which I talk a lot about is like understanding what urgency feels like in the body. When I coach people through sauna and cold and even exercise now, at what point are you feeling 
like you urgently need to get out. And what does that feel like in your body? And then understanding that then allows you to push that a little bit further down the road. So like, okay, I feel urgent right now. I'm going to connect to my breath. I'm going to slow my breathing down. I'm going to consciously navigate this. And then you're like, oh, that, that feeling of urgency kind of goes away. And then it's going to come back again. And then you go, okay, that feels like pass it. Eventually you have to get out, right? It's too hot in the case of a sauna. It's too cold in a cold plunge. You've got to get out for your own safety. But the first one to three waves of urgency are definitely not going to put you in, in the risk of, of danger. Like you can absolutely get past that first one, one to three waves of urgency. And that's a great place to start to figure out that threshold of like, well, how do I respond to, you know, stress or this feeling in the moment? And then that parlays into work, your social life. You got to talk to your boss about something that's, you know, not going great or your relationship. You need to bring up something that, you know, needs to be addressed. Or even with your parents, there's something that you need to talk about. You urgently feel like you don't want to do it, you know, and then you like really do need to do it. It gives you the ability to um, navigate those those situations or those scenarios. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think also the mind is just so like it wants to keep the body comfortable, like that's safe, safe and comfortable. Yeah, right. And I mean, like most of our technology that we have right now is, I feel like, purely based on convenience and comfortability, and uh, which. It's nice. <laughs> it's definitely nice. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to notice that how the mind will work. And like the second you get into the cold plunge, like you'll see it on people's faces when they don't expect it. And they're like, oh, my God, like I need to get out of here. And, and it's right. just that immediate like first thought. And uh, I think in most situations, that first thought that arises, is usually not the best thought. <laughs> like it's usually not even like like one you should yeah. really act on. You should usually like sit with that for a couple seconds and see like like analyze that and go from there. Um, and I know like I was, uh, I, I became certified as a yoga instructor and like the last 11 days of our training was purely meditation. And so we would do these, uh, like two hour morning sessions and then we would do a four hour, uh, evening session. And, uh, I've like literally before that probably meditated like 30 minutes in one session, you know, so it was yeah. nothing like that. And, uh, I just remember in the four hour sessions, like your mind wants to talk so badly and just give you thoughts that it, there were times where I would be meditating and I would have the most vivid random memories of my childhood like me buying ice cream from the ice cream man and I could remember like the exact cost of the ice cream and like wow. just everything like down to the t and it was just like why why am I thinking this but it was like right. the brain was just trying to give you anything that it possibly could and so it's just wild how how that works and like finding out that you can kind of become like a master of that and not get like tied up in the thoughts that it's just throwing your way, you know, and like not all of them are really the best ones. Like I think uh cold plunge is, is super good for that as well. Cause it, you have to, you have to like, you have to ignore that first thought of like, Oh my God, get out of this water immediately. This is a bad idea. And same with heat, you know, if once you yeah. hit that, that first threshold of, you know, resistance, wherever that is, like it could be six minutes in or 10 minutes in, depending on how hot it is. You, but when you hit that first wave of like, oh, it's too hot. Like I, I really, I think uh, cold has become easier for me to navigate. Heat is still pretty challenging for me. Like I, mm -hmm. I really want to get out when it, when I want to get out. And so it's a good, it's, it's almost like the cold plunge all over again for me because it gives me the chance to like push through that and be like, nope, you're staying in here, you know? It's yeah. crazy. I love it. 
That's so cool. And, and sorry, Dom, I know like um, you had, for the listeners who don't know, like I know this obviously, but um, you had open heart surgery, correct? Like not that long ago? Yeah, um, about, I guess, over 10 months ago now, um, open heart surgery. So I had my aortic valve and my aortic root replaced. Um, and I was, so I was born with a, uh, a heart condition. I had, it's called a bicuspid valve. So most people would have um, like three leaflets. I had two on my aorta and I lived a, a, a great life. I had a, an emergency surgery as an infant. I had a repair done. And then I lived this great life where I really had minimal restrictions. I was physically fit, physically active. Um, and I was able to do, you know, a lot of things. And um, I knew that the day would come where I would have to have the surgery and I would have this um, aorta valve and uh, this replacement surgery. I did not know about the root needing to be replaced. I didn't even know that was a thing. And so my story is in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I really struggled with depression, you know, a state of depression and a state of anxiety and a state of feeling like I had kind of failed. Um, my, my business was not doing well. I hadn't set myself up financially. I had to move out of this apartment that I'd worked very hard, you know, to live in, in Venice, California. And I had moved in with my parents. I was 31. And I really just kind of felt like I had wasted my entire 20s. I'd done a lot of fun stuff and a lot of cool stuff. But I felt like I didn't have any real work to show for um, what, I, what I'd done. And there was a series of situations that kind of the way they all landed, I was in a very, very rough spot. I was incredibly broke. I was in debt. And I had to make the tough call of like, all right, I have to basically start over. And in that time, I really struggled with um, even wanting to you know, be alive and continue. I, I wanted to just tap out. I was like, it's too hard. It's just too challenging. And like, I don't feel like I, I don't think I have it in me to, to do this again. And I was able to find, um, a reason to keep going. And a huge piece of that was consistently doing, you know, uh, cold exposure, consistently exercising, really focusing on the nutrition I put in my body. Those things really added up. Um, and I was able to pretty quickly get out of that state, like within a few months, I was able to get out of that state and kind of completely reframe like who I was, my whole identity. I got incredibly strong, worked out like nonstop. I had a great um, trainer that I was working out with and put on muscle like I've never put on before, put on strength like I've never had, put on endurance that I'd never had before. And then one day in the gym, mind you, this is, this is now 2021. So it's, maybe six months after this whole ordeal where I've been super depressed, I've like come out of it and I've now really found this new identity and being fit and strong and capable. And I had this moment in the gym where I, I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, I'm having a stroke or a heart attack. Something's happening. My vision's blurred. And I walked up to the front counter at the, at the gym and walking, it was like in those movies where people are intoxicated, you know, and it's like the whole screen's kind of like shifting and you're like, Whoa. And I got there and I held onto the counter and the guy that works at the gym, he's like, you need something? And I just stared at him and I was like, I don't know. And he was like, what? <laughs> he's like, all right, well, let me know if you need something. And I was like, okay. But in my mind, I was like, do I have this guy call 911? Like what's happening? Um, 
and I'm like raising my right arm. I'm like, okay, so it's not a stroke. Like I got my face, you know, like what's, what's happening. I'm having a heart attack. And so I went, went over to my gym bag. I always carry aspirin with me and I chewed up a couple of aspirin and like, all right, I guess I'll be okay. And I, I recovered, but I didn't feel right. All the blood drained out of my face. My face was white. Didn't feel right. Went home, slept for 14 hours. Woke up the next morning, still didn't feel right. I was like, something's way, way off here. Um, so I called my cardiologist, went and saw my cardiologist and found out that I had this aneurysm in my aorta. And they're like, hey, we don't know what, what that whole thing was that just happened, the whole incident. But what we do know is that you can't lift weights anymore and you're going to need surgery sooner than later. And it was a total gut punch because here I am, you know, six months into this sort of healing journey and, you know, feeling like this new person, like the world's, everyone, the world's my oyster, like my mindset's strong. I can do whatever. I can take on any challenge. And then it's like, oh, the big challenge now is like this whole identity that you've just created. That's not who you're going to be anymore. You know, the doctor's saying like explicitly don't lift more than 40 pounds. You know, and I'm, I was like really proud. I'm like, hey, I, like I just bench 205 the other day. Like, you know, like I'm hitting new records here. Like I'm doing great. And he's like, yeah, you can't do that. That feeling was, you know, just like, whoa, well, who are you now? Like, what are you? What's even the point? And it right, right there, it goes right back to that feeling of like, okay, I want to tap out, you know, like what's, the, what's the point of doing this? And I, and I let myself feel that for maybe a day. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I, I made a commitment to myself that no matter how hard things get, like, so then that's where the mindset really came in. And I was working with a mindset coach at the time. And that was an important important piece of this whole story is um as i was getting out of debt as i was working and building my my life back i had the, the option to feel a little bit more comfortable or to spend the extra money and work with a coach and i decided to invest money to coaching and continue living at my parents for free um which thank god that i had parents that would let me live with them um in my 30s but uh, that that was an important piece because I didn't know that obviously the heart thing was going to come down the pipeline like that. And when I hit that point, I think if I hadn't had the coach, it really would have, I think it would have been a lot harder for me. I don't, I don't know what I would have done, but I was able to take that moment and go, okay, this is going to be fuel. Like if I signed up for this challenging life, then this is the challenge that's in front of me. And like, I get to take this on. Like I get to take this on. I get to overcome it. And so... I moved back to Los Angeles and I joined a startup and the startup failed within five months. And I was like, man, like the road's just getting tough. You know, like I, I know the surgery's coming down the pipeline. Mind you, I was still working out, but I was no longer lifting heavy weights. I was doing pretty, pretty lightweight workouts, doing some hit, doing some cardio stuff. But I was, I was watch, watching it. Um, started this ice bath company doing concierge guided ice bath experiences in Los Angeles. And uh, a couple months into that business starting now, now it's 2022. So been two full years since I had my sort of depressive moment, been a year since I found out about my um, aortic aneurysm. I find out that uh, my valve, my heart valve is now feeling like, oh man, like now it's real. Like, cause you can kind of sneak by with aneurysm if you're not lifting heavy weights, like just see what happens. But then when the, when the valve starts to fail, then it's like you're 
you're going to end up in heart failure eventually. And so the doctor recommended surgery within three to six months. And I was like, all right, well, let's see if I can get through the summer. And so I, I just poured the gas on and I worked like crazy. I did events nonstop. I did um, as much as I possibly could getting my brand and my, my new business out there. And I didn't tell anyone about it. I just kept doing my thing. And um, I, yeah, I found it to be very fulfilling. And then I finally hit a point where I, you know, could, could really notice that, hey, I'm, I'm not in good health. Like I'd have to like take a minute and catch my breath, like put my hands on my knees and you know, that kind of thing. Like you're doing these mm. deep breaths, trying to catch your breath. Shortness of breath was crazy. Um, a lot of, you know, you get lightheaded and weird heart palpitations, just feeling like you can't keep up. That's, that started happening more and more. And um, I eventually, you know, said, all right, let's do the surgery. And so I had the surgery last year in 2023 and had a best case scenario, I had a great surgeon and I'm fully recovered now. Yeah, dude. I mean, oh, amazing and happy. Everything went smooth for you. And, and it's crazy. Cause like to hear the backstory, I, I was just seeing from my end, like, yeah, you were just going after it. Like, you know, I had, had zero idea about what was going on behind the scenes, but really happy everything worked out. And I mean, uh, like just out of curiosity, it, with your heart condition, like, were you able to still do like ice baths and sauna sessions? Did you have to take it easy with those as well? Yeah. So that's a really interesting thing. Um, I think there's more and more research coming out now and people have a better, like doctors have a better opinion on it. You definitely are going to have an increase in, in blood pressure when you do a plunge. It's going to, your blood pressure is going to go up. Especially if you do breath work first, you know, if you're doing uh, like a Wim Hof style breath work, your blood pressure is going to increase. You're going to have uh, a higher blood pressure number and it's going to come back down. And over time, if you do this consistently over time, it's going to actually lower your, your average blood pressure. So it's the long-term effect is great. Short-term effect is it's, it's an acute moment of increased blood pressure. That was a huge concern for me having the aneurysm because you, you know, you're worried that if you have too high blood pressure, that this thing could eventually burst or you could die. Right. And so if anyone has a heart condition, um, specifically an aneurysm or anything that's related to high blood pressure, uh, cold plunging is probably not advised and, you know, extreme breath work, like a holotropic breath work also proceed with caution. Um, things you don't have to do those types of breath work to, to get the benefit. You can do slow breathing and you can do other, other techniques that are a little more parasympathetic and not, not going to quite increase it as much. Um, the same thing with cold, you don't need to do it as cold. So what I found was I was having what's called these, um, pre-ventricle contractions. They, it's basically like the muscles squeezing kind of like a little bit off. So it's, it's not arrhythmia, but it's just the contractions happening a little bit off and it feels gross. Like you can feel it for me. I feel it like in my throat, it feels kind of like a roller coaster, like a whoop-dee-doo, like, Ooh, mm. not a good feeling. And when I would plunge, that would happen pretty consistently. And so I found myself doing, um, less plunging, but also, the, you know, or ice baths. But the, the thing that I really noticed was, um, how rested I was going into it totally, uh, changed how stressful the environment was and how well my heart could handle the stress. So that was a really interesting thing for me to notice as a coach was like, oh, if I'm, if I'm not rested or if I'm stressed going into this, it's significantly more stressful on my body. Um, that was the first thing. The second thing was diet. If I, and I was doing a lot of 
a lot of stuff where I would fast in the morning. I'd be kind of kind of doing a keto diet. I'd fast a lot. And then I would, you know, eat in a short like eight hour window or a six hour window. And that also made it worse for me. Um, if I if I plunged without having carbohydrates in my system. So I found that um if I had fuel in my system, it seemed to be like less of an impact on me. But if I if I was going and fasted, it was noticeably more strenuous. Um, and that's my my personal experience. I'm not sure if everyone else feels that way, but I think there's definitely a correlation to like your blood sugar levels, blood glucose levels, and how basically your entire system is is responding to the stressor of cold, especially when it's like super cold. And by super cold, I mean like under 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's it can be. It can definitely be taxing on the heart, and when your heart's healthy, that's good because it's going it's going to improve your HRV. So that heart rate variability is going to change your ability for your heart rate to come down and then go up high and adjust to these different stimuli. I think that's really really important. Sauna has been shown to do that, you know, as well, and it's super beneficial. But um, yeah, I definitely had to slow down a little bit. And that first plunge coming back from the surgery, that was. That was the one that I was, I find the most nervous for that of any plunge in my prior life, to be honest. Mm. Like I've jumped in icy cold lakes and rivers and broken the ice and, you know, done the whole thing. I think that was the, the toughest one coming back from the surgery. Cause I was like, oh man, like, am I going to have that kind of sickening feeling that I was having before? Or like, I love this practice. I love doing this thing and I know it's good for me. And I, it truthfully saved my life because it's put me in this right mindset so many times and I've used it as such a, like a tool. I was really concerned. Like, what if I get in and like, I feel that again and I can't do it. You know, doctors are like, you know, they don't really know. They're like, yeah, if it, if it makes you not feel good, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not a proponent of like, yeah, you're going to get a 250% increase in dopamine and you're going to get all this norepinephrine and then all of these other mechanisms are going to happen. You're going to feel great and you're going to feel motivated and you're going to burn brown fat. And like, they don't care. They're not going to say anything about that. They're like, yeah, don't, don't do it if it doesn't feel good. And so here I am like, okay, you know, and my fifth one, I was like, handled it pretty well. I did like a two minute plunge. At like, I think it was 45 degrees. And I shivered uncontrollably for like 30 minutes. I was like, mm. you know, like it was like starting over completely, um, <laughs> which was pretty wild. Um, and part of that, what I didn't know is part of that is after a major surgery like that, you're, especially a heart surgery, you can have a hard time regulating temperature. Mm. And I actually had that. I had a very rare reaction to the surgery. When your heart sac is punctured um, from a surgery, pericardium, you can develop this very odd uh, autoimmune response where your heart, your, basically your body thinks that your heart is being attacked by a virus and it'll basically fire up your you know, defense mechanism of a fever to try to kill whatever that is. But the truth is you just have some inflammation because you, it, it was, you know, hot or punctured from the surgery. And so I had these crazy, in the hospital, I had these crazy fevers that were happening, like, you know, days after the surgery. And these fevers would come on right about sunset. And as soon as it's getting dark, I'd be crazy fevers, shivering uncontrollably, sweating uncontrollably, so uncomfortable. And the nurses, um, in the, in the, like the cardiac recovery ward that I was in, they mixed, misdiagnosed it. They thought that I was having an allergic reaction to the narcotic drugs, the painkillers. And they're like, Hey, like the only way to, you know, navigate this is like, you gotta, 
come off of them or like just deal with the fevers. And I was like, I, I can't do these fevers. Like I have to, because you know, your, your sternum has been split. So you're imagine shivering uncontrollably with like, you know, your entire chest has been split open. I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. And it was so bad that um, you have to wear these, these EKG monitors, you know, they, so you have the stickies all over your chest and they're, they're doing a, a nine point or 12 point lead on you. I think it's a nine point um, lead, nine, nine you know, points of contact. Mm-hmm. They can measure your, all your vitals um, and your, your heart rhythms. And I would sweat those things off like three, four times a night. Oh my like, God. And they'd have to like come in and like bribe me off and like restick, reapply them. And on the fourth night, I was like, I'm done. Like take, take me off of this painkiller. I'm just going to face this thing with Tylenol alone. So I had Tylenol and um, that was it. And oh it was like a, it was like a pain cave moment for sure, where you just kind of enter another dimension of like existence, right? Like the pain is so extreme because I still had the fever, had no painkiller and I'm shivering uncontrollably. And it was kind of, like I say, it's like, that was my David Goggins moment of like the, you can't put me like one, once I wrap my head around, okay, this, this isn't going to get any easier, but like also you can't, I don't think you could hurt me more than how much this hurts right now. This is it. Like this is, I've tapped into a, a new threshold and I, I, um, I kept getting up in the middle of the night because I was still sweating through you know, all my clothes and the sheets. And they changed the bedding three times that night. And the fourth time that they came in, I was like, I'm getting up and I'm, I'm going to stay up. So it was, it was 4 a.m. And I think it was like 4.30 a.m. And the sunrise at the time, this is the last year, the sunrise is it's close to 8 a.m. And I was like, I'm just going to stay up for the sunrise. And so I just sat in the dark and just looked out these mountains that I grew up looking at, you know, in my hometown. I'm sitting in the hospital. Thankfully, I had this window. I had this amazing window that looks out towards um, the east where the sun comes up right behind these mountains. And I grew up hiking these mountains and running them and doing tons of activities on them. You know, I, this is my home. And I'm just sitting there waiting for it. And the sun finally came up. And it was like such a moment of victory for me because I mentally had overcome. You know, I was still physically extremely, but I'd mentally overcome this moment. Um, and the sun came up and I was like, man, life gets better, you know? And then she got out of the hospital that day, went home that day and stayed off of the painkillers and uh, made a full recovery. Jeez. Dude, I, I can only imagine what that would feel like. First off, having your sternum split open is mm. got to be insanely painful. But then on top of that, the shivers, where it's yeah. this full body uncontrollable shake like oh my god that's not idea. yeah that's got to be so terribly painful the craziest part is the uh the cardiologist comes in you know discharged me later that 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 day and he's like they didn't give you ibuprofen i was like they said i couldn't have it because of you know the valve and they're like no it's a different surgery you can totally have it like, wow it'll, it'll, re- it'll reduce the fever and it'll make the shivers less bad and i was like are you are you kidding like that yeah, just don't just don't take it with the Tylenol. <laughs> And like, you want to go back on the Dilaudid? And I was like, at this point, I've already been off of it for 16 hours. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, I'll just get through it now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's wow. crazy, man. Yeah. It's uh, the whole, the whole issue with the heart. Um, 
kind of makes me curious with my dad as well, because uh, I don't think, yeah, my dad's ever done a cold plunge. He's done a lot of sauna, but he uh, uh, probably like 20 years ago now, I want to say maybe 15, he was diagnosed with, um, I don't even know what the proper term is for it, but half of his heart works more than the other mm. half does. And so um, he gets like irregular heartbeats, uh, you know, just if he puts his head on his heart, sometimes he can listen to it. And it's just like, doom, 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 yep. you know, kind of like a real offbeat one. And um, over time, what's wild is he's actually so he was taking medication for a while for it and saw no improvement with it. And then he radically changed his diet like I mean, I don't want to give myself like major kudos here, but for sure, I was providing him with a lot of information. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, yeah, and, and just, you know, talk, telling him about all these different health hacks that he can do. Um, started having him take a bunch of raw cacao, which has a lot of just heart healthy uh, minerals. Yeah, super, super beneficial for the heart. Um, and yeah, so he started changing his lifestyle, changing his diet taking the cacao and along with a bunch of other things. And um, I mean, I never advised him to do this. He's just kind of a, a freaking maverick sometimes. And <laughs> he decided to uh, stop taking his medications, which I don't advise, of course, like I'm not, yes. not telling anyone to do that, but uh, he did. And um, anyways, he, he was just kind of changing his lifestyle. And uh, I, I don't know what the measurements are, but I just know that he was at a 10% in terms of like, very bad right and like 100 percent being best and he's currently at a 40 or 45 percent wow yeah and he's just like improved over time and so but it, it makes me wonder like maybe the cold plunge or at least a really intense cold plunge might not be the best thing for a yeah, heart probably condition not the best thing and you can also just do like 60 degree water you know it doesn't have to doesn't have to i think everyone thinks that to get the benefit it has to be the coldest thing possible and i don't agree with that at all there's there's benefit, you know, even in the low 50s, there's benefit. Any time that it's an uncomfortable stimuli and it's shocking to your, you know, and you're like, whoa, that's really cold, you're getting the benefit. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to probably have like, you know, a greater reduction in inflammation if it's, if it's colder, colder, like if it's 40 degrees or, you know, closer to freezing. Um, there's probably a, a greater impact on reduction of inflammation, but in terms of like the the general benefit, like you are anytime it's cold and you're you're having these um, these autonomic responses, then you're getting benefit, you know. So you can you can do it just just a cool shower. A cold shower is also a great a great starting point. And I don't think the goal with it, someone with a heart condition is to ever get down into the, like these freezing temperatures and the Wim Hof type thing where you're jumping in the frozen lakes. You know, I've done it, and I'm. I'm not really in pursuit of that now, I'm more in pursuit, pursuit of longevity. But that's where sauna comes in. And I think sauna is, you know, the most um, compelling modality for someone with a heart condition. You know, the studies show over and over again, there's basically a 50% reduction in all-cause mortality. It's, I think it's like 48% reduction. Um, mm -hmm. And massive decline in the likelihood of you developing a neurological um, uh, condition like Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, anything, anything involving like brain plaque or basically um, neurodegenerative diseases is greatly reduced when you sauna consistently. Cardiovascular health greatly improved, and that's just from doing you know four, four or five sessions a week for twenty minutes. Like it's not, it's not crazy. Like you mm -hmm. have to do a crazy commitment, and there's 
huge longevity benefits doing it. So I'm a huge proponent for sauna for anyone with any kind of heart condition. Lowers your blood pressure, increases your HRV. You're going to sleep better all around, like kind of a miracle uh, modality for you. Yeah. Sauna, sauna is like definitely one of my favorite uh, health hacks because it's enjoyable. I mean, up to a degree, obviously, right? Like if you have a 200 degree sauna, like it's intense, but you got um, to come over to my place and we got to do a sesh. I can't believe we haven't done one yet. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Dumb. <laughs> no, you gotta, I'm, uh, you gotta, you gotta come over and do one of these crazy sessions. It's funny. Cause I'll, I'll start. It's always the same too. I'm like, Oh, let's do like a couple rounds and see how we feel. And then I'm like, you want to do like four more, you know, and then <laughs> like, how hot can we get this thing? And then, you know, next thing you know, it's like 210 degrees and you're physically burning in there. You're like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely down for it though. When you, uh, when you get back, give me a heads up and, and I'll come on over thousand percent yeah i'd love to make that happen <laughs> yeah I love yeah it. that'd be fun i love a good i love a good contrast session and i i that's the thing is i i still have not developed the muscle to say like okay that's enough like i always I'm like yeah let's do one more round let's do one more you know yeah and then like they get shorter and shorter and shorter but they're like you're still stressing the body <laughs> you know and then like the next day my recovery is like hey you overdid it like no kidding i spent powering 20 minutes at 200 degrees like of course you First, you overdid it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, what's also wild, wild is uh, I, I was hearing, I don't know what podcast it was on, but they said that, uh, like, for example, when, when you do a cold shower, if you have, like, for example, if you live in a house that just doesn't have a water heater and all you have is cold water, but then you have a house with a water heater and you can choose to go hot or cold, the person with no water heater will receive less of a dopamine hit as opposed to the person who has to actively choose to go cold as opposed to go hot just from having the knowledge of, you know, I know that I have the choice. Yeah. Because dopamine is the reward. Right. And so for a person who has no other option, it's not necessarily a reward. Like you need to go shower, but the person who has hot or cold and then they actively choose, like, I'm going to switch over to cold. That is supposedly what gives you the crazy dopamine hit. Um, and so you've that just actively sense. choose the hard stuff every time. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Wow. That's wild. It's funny. It's kind of like the people that don't have a water heater. It's like, it's just all dread, no reward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in a every super hot area. Right. Yeah. It goes back yeah. to like the whole illusion of choice paradigm, right? Like if you think that you have choice, then you feel better about, you know, the hard thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 And also, uh, you, you had, uh, when you were talking about just like all of the ventures with, uh, different companies, you know, trying to have a startup or, um, you know, going through hard times, like one quote that I had heard recently from Ryan holiday, uh, by Seneca was, uh, I'm I'm a butcher it, but basically he says, I pity the person who's never had misfortune because a person without an opponent will never know what they're truly capable, truly capable of not even to themselves. I'm like, that's super true, man. When you go through the hard things, that's when you really test your limits, which you've obviously probably in the last, what, like five years here have really put yourself to the test and, and man, coming out the other side. I mean, you're always like, the way I see you, you're always coming off as just like a very energetic, like happy person. And uh, you're always like, yeah, anytime I see you, like just super happy, giving me a hug and like just, uh, yeah, I really appreciate like the energy you bring each time. And so 
um, you. whatever you're doing. And, and it might be the mindset coaches and cold plunging, but it's a, it's, it's a benefit for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just see myself as a very fortunate person. I, you know, um, I say that I'm a, I'm a, the luckiest guy now. And I really believe that like the, I've been through some circumstances that are definitely challenging, but, um, I've also seen on the people that have, that have had similar circumstances and have not had the outcomes that I've had. And that just allows me to get back to that mindset, like believing that I'm lucky and expecting myself to, you know, come out on the other side better than I went into it. And then the other thing is just this mindset, like I get to do it. Um, before I had the surgery, I was running some friends of mine, you know, some of them too, like Emily Gray at Still Life. Um, they were encouraging me to join them at Venice Run Club and do, you know, do doing runs. I didn't run at all. And because I couldn't lift heavy weights, I was like, maybe I should dabble with this a little bit more. And um, in retrospect, it was probably a little too strenuous. I pushed myself a little too hard probably, but I really loved it. It made me feel very alive. And I remember running and I was telling myself, like I was repeating to myself, like, I get to do this. I get to do this. Because I knew like there was this fear in the back of my mind at the time. Like when the surgery finally happens, when I finally do it, there's always a chance that like, that I go right. And like, maybe I never get to run again. You know, like that was like a real thought that I was having uh, pre-surgery. And a lot of that was just, you know, anxious, intrusive thoughts. And so I took that mindset into basically everything I did in my business when I was operating my own concierge ice bath business before I worked for Plunge. Um, it was like, I get to do these long, hard days, you know, because I was concerned that like there's a chance the surgery doesn't go right. And then I'm not able to live to the full capacity that I want to. Um, and I, I worked with an energy healer and multiple, multiple coaches around like the mindset of healing, which is a, a whole nother podcast probably, but getting into the mindset of like allowing yourself to heal and seeing yourself as a healed person. A lot of people get stuck in this healing journey where they, they're healing forever. And really where you want to get to, from my opinion, is you want to get to the, the healed state. Like I'm a person who's capable of healing. I've healed before. I'm going to heal again. And I'm going to live in that energy. I think that's a really important um, mindset that a lot of people would benefit from taking on. It's like, like you know, how do I want to operate as a healed person, not as a person who's like, hoping to heal. Um, and when I got into that mindset after the surgery, then the whole thing kind of came back around full circle. I was like, I had best case scenario surgery. I ran a mile 31 days after the surgery. And that was the first time in, in the um, cardio rehab facility at the hospital that I was at. First time anyone had ever done that in their facility. First time my surgeon had ever had a patient do that. You'd never had a patient do that. That's crazy. After. And I was able to set that precedent because one of the PTs that I worked with, you know, kind of got in my head about it. I was like talking to him about like how quick I'm going to get out of here. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, as long as your sternum can handle it, your heart can, and yeah, your heart can handle this. Like it can handle a run. So if you, if you're doing good and you're setting a good pace on your walks, you can just pick it up a little bit. Just make sure you're not obviously damaging your sternum. You got to, so I had to do the run holding a pillow. They gave you a heart pillow. So you hold, had to hold a heart pillow here. And I did this first run 31 days after. And uh, I was the first person, you know, basically in this hospital to ever, ever do that. And my mindset ever since then is like, I get to do this. Like I'm still getting to do this because there's going to be another surgery down the road for me. I'm going to have to have another heart surgery. 
um, in the future when this valve wears out because I chose to go with the tissue valve. And so I'm still in that mindset and I get to live in that mindset. That for me is a gift. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's a really great reframing of a difficult challenge, right? Like they say, like, look at, look at it like a puzzle, not a problem, mm-hmm. you know, the obstacles away, all that good stuff. And it's, I think it's easier said than done, but it's also so powerful. Just that mindset, mindset shift is huge. And, um, you know, like the only major surgery I've ever had was as a child, I had a hernia at like the age of four or something. I went under surgery. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I haven't had to deal with that. And, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of wondering, like, what what advice would you give to someone who's like going in for a major surgery? Like, what kind of uh, mental preparation would you give, as well as like afterwards, recovery wise? Like, what what do you recommend? Like, how do you know not to like push yourself too hard, but also like to make sure you recover and not like live in this place of, like you said, like staying on the healing journey. Like, oh, I'm not there yet, you know. But uh, like, how do you find your way to to where you're finally good again and and you feel ready to to get after it? Yeah, that's a, such a good question. I, there's, a, there's a few components. Um, that's a, such a good question. I think the first thing is you got to visualize yourself as a healed person. You got to visualize yourself as a person who is fully recovered and doing the things that you want to do. So that's, that's a state of awareness. So that really, I would say the first step is like awareness. Like, are you aware of how you want to feel? Are you aware of what you want the outcome to be and what that feels like? Um, in a best case scenario, then visualize it, be super granular, super detailed. What are you wearing? What's the environment? Who's with you? What, what's the song on the radio? Like those are all, you know, very detailed visualizations that you want to kind of have in your head that you want to get to. And then pre-surgery, I, I really believe in doing as much as you can to detox, uh, detox your, your body as much as possible, promote your gut health, um, feed your microbiome, do all of the things that you know you should do. No processed foods, no sugar, eliminate anything that, uh, you know, too much caffeine, eliminate anything that's not just pure nutrition for you. Prioritize sleep. And then the mindset piece, that's really important, you know, on top of the visualization and, and this awareness of who you want to become, there's the piece of um, accepting whatever's, like, whatever's going to happen. So if you're having, in my case, I had to have, you know, foreign objects placed in my body. So I have a synthetic aortic root that is woven into a cow tissue valve. So I have uh, a cow, part of a cow's heart in my, in my heart now. And uh, I worked with a, with a healer and a, and a coach on this, but basically the mindset around accepting this, this foreign object in my body and my, my body receiving it and saying like, Hey, this is, this is my body. Like this is my body now and this belongs in my body. And I think, um, people will look at devices that are put into their body, whether that could be a knee replacement or a pacemaker, it could be a lot of different things. They look at it as like this foreign object as like this thing that's not a part of them. And like, I think it's really important to integrate it in and be like, this is me now. Like this is a part of me now and it belongs as part of my biology. And I think that's a really helpful way to, to make your body accept it and to heal quickly. And that's maybe a little bit woo woo, but I, I think there's a lot of merit to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that'd be my advice. And then, you know, just a strong, a strong support system. Um, get online, look up hashtag the people that have recovered 
and just remind yourself that like, there are people that are probably not as uh, healthy as you, not in as good a shape as you with less resources than you that have recovered from this exact thing that you're going through. In most cases, you know, there's obviously like there's rare conditions where you're, you feel like you're one of, you know, one of a few. And, and my heart goes out to those people. I have, I have a good friend, her name's Rachel, and she has a very rare uh, liver cancer. And she, her mindset, you know, humbles me when I talk to her because she has just been like, she's been through it. She's, you know, I think she's 26 and she's been doing this thing for like six years and she's had multiple surgeries and her mindset is just so resilient. And like, when I talk to her, it's like, she's one of a few people that are doing experimental things to try to you know, get this under control. I'm having a surgery that's routine. People have done thousands, hundreds of thousands of times now, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not even comparable. So as crazy as it sounds, talk to someone who's in a, in a much worse situation than you, because it's going to give you perspective on like, okay, I'm not the victim here. Like I get to get through this. And, you know, like my friend Rachel, she's such an inspiration to me because her, she's just so strong and her mindset is so strong. And it's like, okay, like we got this. If you got this, I got this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that those are all the things I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And actually the accepting of a foreign object in your body, it, like you said, as woo woo as it sounds, I think it's super, super important to do, um, mm -hmm. you know, like the body, there's like an intelligence at a cellular level, you know, totally. and uh, there is a connection between our thoughts, our brain and, and what's going on in the body. And so just creating awareness around that, I think honestly is super beneficial and can be literally the difference between your body fully accepting that and molding around it and using it and possibly like rejecting it, you know? So agree. Yeah, yeah uh, that, that was super good. Um, but also Dom, so uh, we are probably getting towards the end of our session here, but I wanted to also ask you what, uh, what are like some of the health practices you're doing currently to yeah. like, just stay healthy. Um, yeah. Like what are, what are the foods you're eating? What are the things that you're doing? Um, are the ant sized, uh, free smoothies from Erewhon? The answer here, <laughs> I had to bring up the, the, that was like the funniest post you'd ever put that I, that I've seen where. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Erewhon, you get a free smoothie if you're uh, like a member with them. And yeah, Dom posted like, what is this? A smoothie for ants? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the shout out to Lander. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, and they get you with that, too. It's like you think you're getting this deal. You're like, I'm going to roll in there. I'm going to get the Haley Bieber smoothie. I'm going to get the nice one, you know? And then it's like a Dixie cup, basically. And you're like, wait, <laughs> this, is the, this is what I, this is the bonus that I signed up for? Like, are you kidding me? Satan Instagram versus reality moment, like, which is funny because they've created like the Instagram smoothie craze, you know? Yeah. It's so funny. Um, well, I recently started on the uh, Armra after our conversation. You sent me that. that nice. And uh, I think that it's a positive thing in my life. It's still a little too early to tell, but I think it's a positive thing, at least from an immune system standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I have gone the full spectrum I would say in the last um, three years of going for, you know, no gluten, no dairy to now raw milk and some gluten. I'm kind of, I'm doing the whole, the whole thing uh, again, but my, my, my nutrition has been, what I've really noticed for me is high protein in the morning, carb load at night. So carbs at night, um, still with protein, but uh, mostly protein and fat in the morning. 
get through the morning that way. Um, I've been rocking those ketones, ketone IQ from HVMN. Very obsessed with those. Um, the only downside is that I don't sometimes want to eat, but just the absolute best tool for uh, for just focus and mental clarity. Like I feel like cognitive performance is it's elite. And mind you, I've worked in supplement companies. Like I co-founded a couple of supplement companies and formulated, and you know, I've done all the nootropics out there basically, and ketone IQ just seems to absolutely rip for me. So I'm a huge proponent of, of working that into your, um, into your either fasted schedule or, uh, just as a way to like get you through it, the afternoon crash. Um, so it doesn't happen. So you're fueling your brain. That's a super important one. And, um, in terms of, uh, in terms of supplementation, I've, I've been trying to keep it really clean. So probiotic, the armor, the colostrum, which I think is super helpful, super clean pre-workouts with, you know, no additives in there at all. Um, three to five grams of creatine a day, a lot of red meat, which is funny. It's funny to be a proponent of red meat when, you know, like, especially with the heart condition, because everyone that has a heart condition is like, oh no, you can't do that. But I'm, I'm quite confident that it's the right choice for me. And the more that you research, um, we really like, cholesterol and like what's perceived as bad um, and what healthy fat in the body is, how our body actually retains cholesterol, meaning like when you assume things that are high in fat or high in cholesterol, does it actually translate to the cholesterol in the body? And it doesn't seem that it actually does. So I'm a proponent of whole eggs, red meat, raw dairy, doing the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you read the cholesterol myth? No, I haven't, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we don't need to get too deep into it, but it, uh, it would appear triglycerides, sugar, like that is really what you want to be watching out for. Cholesterol, the brain is, what is it like 70% fat basically, or something like that. I'm, I'm probably off on the numbers, but it's a high amount. Like the brain is primarily fat and cholesterol. And yes, there can be good and bad cholesterol, but I'm, I'm pretty on board with you that cholesterol is not really the bad guy here but rather no. the sugar is probably what we should watch out for um for sure but yeah uh also dom you are i know you're associated with uh well you work with uh with plunge and uh you know like obviously we spoke a lot about cold plunges and stuff so uh like what would you recommend for people in terms of if they wanted to get one for themselves and um you know are these something that are gonna you know be apartment ready or or more for a house or kind of like what yeah. what are your recommendations on all that good a, stuff it's a great question um i mean i work with the company so I'm a little biased but i believe it's the best product in, in this category best product of its kind that's why i proudly work there um mind you i i i didn't I, I was doing this this practice and i was doing these experiences prior to working there so i've been you know deep in this lifestyle for uh quite a while a few years and I just believe in the product. I believe in our founders and I believe in our team. Um, there's multiple options, different configurations. There's more configurations coming out this year that are going to make it a lot easier for people that live in apartments or live you know, in a place that has only a balcony, let's say. Um, we're going to have configurations coming out later this year that are going to make a lot more sense for people um, and be, make it easier for people to have less space, um, less of like a traditional backyard space. So I would say stay tuned for that. Um, I, I think if you're doing, if you're doing like a traditional ice bath twice a week, you're already buying 
enough ice that it makes sense just to buy the the plunge. Like, why not just like elevate your game and have have access to it? What I've been doing is I've been doing shooting for five days a week. So that's that's what my goal is when I'm at home. I shoot for five days a week, and that gives me two a couple things. One, it gives me a little grace. Like if my schedule is crazy and I'm not able to make it happen on the you know couple days a week, I don't beat myself up for it. Like I I've done the streaks where I'm trying to do it every single day. And I'm not a huge, I'm a huge fan of doing a streak for a short amount of time, like 30 days or 60 days, 75 hard, whatever. You you choose your you choose your time that you're gonna go all in. It's great. And then I think you need to have like a little realism in your schedule the rest of the time and not create like a guilt or a shame cycle around like not, oh, I didn't I missed a day. Oh no, I can't believe I, you know, let myself down. Like I don't think that's super helpful in the long term. And I don't think that's really how you should think in the long term. It should be like, I'm choosing to do this thing because I know that it's good for me. And so when you have uh, when you have a plunge at your house or you know on your balcony or in your apartment, then you have the ability to to do it as much as you want. So you set a baseline of like here's the minimum that I'm going to do it. Like at, at minimum, I'm going to do it three days a week or five days a week, and then you can always add on to it. So what I find is when I set that minimum for myself, I you know you bang out the first five days and you're like okay well that was easy, and then you're like all right I'll get another one in five or six days and then like. You maybe do a contrast session, get three or four of them in, you know, and you end up doing, I feel like you end up doing more because you take off that, that pressure of like, I have to do this every single day. So that's, that's how I would approach it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the product and the brand. And I, I, uh, encourage everyone to check us out on Instagram at plunge or plunge.com and pay attention because there's going to be some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, uh, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I love cold plunges in all forms, but I would say plunge is one of the sleeker looking ones. It's one of the nicer ones, especially, uh, you know, if you want something aesthetically pleasing for your house, like it's definitely up there on the list. Uh, it's works well, has the flow of water as well, which is nice. Um, I know like, are are the saunas, they're up and up and on the website, right? Like they're ready for sale. Yeah. They're on a, they're on a pre-order right now. Uh, we're moving, we're moving into a an option where you can just buy them. Uh, I think the pre order is is almost um, almost done. But either way, it, you know, it they'll be fulfilled very quickly. Um, competitive with really any other um, traditional sauna maker. So any any other sauna maker, uh, you know, fabricated them in the, in America. And that's that's an important note about this. These products are you know made here in the U.S. So. When you go into the warehouse, you know, there's literally this, it's like bigger than, a, it's the size of a Costco. It's huge. You go in and it's just like plunges as far as you can see. People assembling them, these are giving people jobs here in the US, which is awesome. American manufacturing. You go into the, the sauna world, it's a separate room and it's where the saunas are being built and it smells amazing because, you know, they're, you got all this amazing uh, cedar, mm-hmm. clear cedar. And, uh, there's little sawdust and it smells great. And, you know, you see these things being built in their different configurations and it's, it's super cool to be a part of, and it's amazing to see. And, uh, the thing that we, I think we have, that's just super advantageous that helps me believe in this brand so much is our customer service. Like there's a lot of people that will go to Alibaba, they'll create a product, you know, they'll find the parts and things or whatever and slap a, slap a brand label on it. And they're just trying to get rich. They're trying to sell, you know, a couple thousand units and then get out. Mm-hmm. And that's not what this business is. Like, you know, we've been doing this, well, they've been doing it longer than I've been with the company, but they've been doing this for three years. 
And they really care about their customer experience. They really care about the longevity of their product and their brand. And so as a result, like there's a problem, we're going to fix it. Like we're going to, mm. we're going to get to the bottom of it. And so it's awesome to be part of a company that actually cares about their customer and not just in, like care about like, oh, we hope you had a good experience with the product, but like we have a product that's going to help you change your life. Like the slogan is take the plunge, change your life. And so when, you know, when you get a plunge, like this is a whole new world for you. Like you can use this thing. Like we talked about the dopamine earlier. You can use that dopamine and get on that train to set up other habits and habit stack, you know, going into the new year, um, you can use a morning cold plunge, that cold exposure and that increase in dopamine, that increase in this reward, you know, hormone, this chemical in your brain to do other things and feel a sense of reward and create that habit. So you can habit stack very effectively just by getting that cold plunge in first thing in the morning. And a good example of this in my life, flossing. Mm. I do not like to floss. I'll be, I'll be real. I'm one of those people who's like, it's just not, like, I'm not one of those people who's like excited to floss. I know that those people exist. I'm not one of them. I dread it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I gotta do this thing. But it's super important for my heart health, right? It's really, yep. really important. Yeah. Um, and so just using the principles of habit stacking, I started being like, okay, I'm going to cold plunge and I'm gonna floss. Super easy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if I did it in the morning, then I'm gonna do it before bed. Cause it's like, now I've already started the habit. It's like, it's easy for me to be like, okay, I, I just have to do it once more already done, done it once today. And that just creates this loop for me where it's like, it's easier for me to do it. And then you add the next thing on, you add the next thing on. Pretty soon it's like, oh yeah, I, I'm a flosser. Like, you know, I get, I, I, you know, as a person who cold plunges and flosses, you know what I mean? But like, it's that easy to find a thing that you have resistance to or drag or, you know, some sort of rub and put that right behind the plunge mm. and it's going to reduce that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. sorry, real quick. Are you, are you an office fan? You remember the, when you were saying like with New Year's and with flossing and Michael Scott at one point, he's like talking about how flossing was his New Year's resolution. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. 12 o'clock, midnight, December 1st, bam, blood everywhere in the sink. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I, I was like, that was going through my head, man. I, I had to share it. Me, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm sure, um, I know uh, Andrew Huberman talks about like with procrastination, it's like we do the um when there's something we really have to do and we're just like procrastinating we want to do the thing that's easier than that so it's like if you have uh like work like he, he uses um writing a book he's like it's super hard for me to sit down and write a book so like i'll start just like cleaning my house because it's the yeah. easier option on the list right right but if you uh like if you're procrastinating he says you have to do something harder than the task in which you're trying to accomplish so he'll use like an ice bath for example and he's like mm -hmm. ice bath is super hard so he's like, I definitely don't want to do an ice bath, you know, more than I want to write some pages of a book. So he's like, I'll go and I'll force myself to do that ice bath because then the book feels like a cinch. You know, it's, it's super yep. easy to get to. And and so it might be the same thing with like not only the dopamine and neuroepinephrine and then creating the habit, but rather like also you're procrastinating doing the flossing because it's annoying. But it's like, bam, you just did a freaking ice bath. Like flossing is nothing. You know, it's a couple minutes. Totally. Bam, you're done. Yeah, totally. It's wild, yeah. right? It's awesome. It's, it's, it's insane. What an amazing tool. So that, you know, that, that, well, this goes on of reasons why I'm a proponent, but uh, this is a good place to start, especially going into New Year's. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and uh, also Dalma, like, uh, I want to leave the a little bit of time here for you to also just let people know where they can connect with you. I know you mentioned Plunge, but if there's any other things with Plunge, like 
um, like you said, new innovation coming out or, uh, you know, maybe a good time to purchase one uh, or just whatever the heck you want to share where people can find you and, and just all that yeah, good for stuff. Sure. Yeah, uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is just on Instagram uh, at lifexdom. And you can reach out um, if, you have, if you have questions around, you know, the practice or around surgery or mindset, that kind of stuff. I'm always down to communicate and uh, check in. You can set up a Calendly call. We can can talk. Um, I don't do one-on-one coaching. I don't do any coaching outside of plunge right now, but um, I'm always down to help out and, you know, encourage people if they're going through something, having been through some of these things myself. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me, LifeXDom. And that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And visit, you know, at plunge.com or at plunge on Instagram. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, if you see Dom wandering the streets of Venice, say hello. He's a super friendly guy. And uh, like I said, honestly, Dom, you've, uh, you've always, been, always been super nice. And, um, you know, I feel like you, you keep a very level head. You don't let ego really get to you. And you're just always bringing like a good smile with you. And so uh, truly from me personally, I appreciate that, Dom. You've been uh, just a great person to this community and also uh, just a pleasure to be around and to see and connect with. And uh, I'm really happy to have had you on the show. Honestly, it's absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, really enjoyed connecting with you. And I look forward to our contrast therapy session coming up soon. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking Absolutely. forward to that session as well. Okay, Dom. Yeah, you let me know when you're back in town. We'll get it going. Sounds good. We'll do. I'll cool. get you soon. All right. Thanks, man. Everybody, you guys know the the motto of the show is to do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements. Thank you all so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your week. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.